You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to Queen's Podcast. I'm Amanda Mata, the host of the Art of History podcast, and I'm also that chick who talks way too much about the royal family on TikTok. On behalf of Katie and Nathan, I'm here to advise you that they've been known to use many a colorful metaphor and, yes, strong language. If that's not your style, they won't be mad. Just back away slowly. If you're interested in hearing stories from the past told through some really cool works of art, I hope you'll check out Art of History wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, on with the show. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Gary, what's up? Oh, that sounded very peppy. <laughs> a little pep in your step. As always, I got a little sugar in my tank. Ooh, <laughs> is it because we're talking about Empress Theodora today? Hell yeah! Mm. She is, like, endlessly fascinating. Like, every day researching this woman was, like, an adventure to me. So mm-hmm. I am really excited to tell everybody about Empress Theodora. She was the empress of the Byzantine Empire and a force to be reckoned with. So what we're drinking today is uh, basically a sangria because wine. Because we just kind (laughs) of felt like drinking sangria today. There's no real attachment with Empress Theodora. Except that she drank wine. Except she she probably drank wine. Yeah, I would assume. So? She she, she liked to party hard. But uh, what I put in it was just Moscato and kiwi and strawberry and persimmons and soda water and just let it all sit mm. so it's it's quite delicious and it is it's really good it's not as sweet as i thought it was going to be when you told me the recipe so oh and a shout out to our listener who won our drawing yes terry um she dared us to pronounce her last name so here we go congrats terry marchuka i'm gonna say marchevka yeah so Terry, let us know how bad <laughs> fail. Let us know how bad we fucked up your name. One star review. But congrats on your prize, which we'll be dropping in the mail tomorrow morning. Theodora was born sometime around five hundred ish. I no saw one, I saw four ninety seven. Yeah, lot. It, it's like, like no one really can agree on it. Nobody knows when, which is usually how it is with women, or just anybody from such an or obscure yeah. background. Because um, we also don't really. know know where she was born some say syria some say cyprus like middle eastern ish area mediterranean mediterranean thing area either way (laughs) eventually her family eventually made it to constantinople which was like the capital of the empire so the Political climate at this time in her birth, Rome is, Western Rome is basically fallen. Gone. Is gone. (laughs) Gone. Bubba. Eastern Roman Empire is like still going, and a lot of people also call the Eastern Roman Empire the Byzantine Empire. So they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah, the capital is Constantinople. Yes. Keep that in mind. Yes. So basically, it's like an extension of the Roman Empire, and they're a little butthurt that they don't have as much power in the West like they used to. Like, they don't... They still are calling themselves the Roman Empire, and a lot of these people are still calling themselves Roman, but... They don't even have power of yeah. Rome. Like, they don't even have Rome in their control. <laughs> like, so they're not really Roman anymore. It's a anymore. sore subject. <laughs> so, little Dora's family wasn't really that influential uh-uh. at all. Um, her dad was a bear tamer for the chariot races, which chariot races were, like, oh, fucking huge. Big fucking deal. I would think it's, like, football. 
here. Yeah. Like, it's basically the same sort I kind of, of akin it more to, like, soccer in Europe. Because, well, I, yeah, mean, I guess people thing. here do get as passionate about... They, no, I feel like Europeans just get more passionate about, about soccer. soccer. Yeah, or as they call it, football. So, anyway, she grew up in what was called the Hippodrome, which was where they held the chariot It was races. just, like, a huge stadium. So, again, like, think, like, a huge, like, expensive football stadium. Yeah, like, times two. Yeah, because like, hippodromes, hippodromes could um, hold... 100,000 people, like, easily. Probably more if you tried really hard to cram more people in. Yeah, so think also kind of like rodeo or circus where chariot racing is the main event. So that's why her dad was a a bear tamer because they would do, like, tricks with bears or whatever. Yeah, and he was a tamer for the green faction Mm -hmm. of the chariot races, which I went down this huge rabbit hole with this, the green and the blue, like... It's just, they, it's to me, it was the beginning of politics. Yeah, so like... It was the beginning of political parties. Absolutely. So there's the green and the blue, and they're the two main factions for this, like, chariot racing, but they also kind of merged into also being, like, political factions. Yeah, it's and a like gathering said, place so for like, a massive amount of people, and you get together, and so obviously you're going to have two yeah. different teams, and you're going to... Well, there was also just kind of like how now we have Democrat... Republicans, so that's like green blue, but then they also did have like the white team and the red team, and so think like um, libertarians and, and green party, or yeah, you stuff know, like that. stuff like that. And what I read with mine was that the blue party was more associated with the authorities, mm-hmm. like the the kings, the I mean the emperors and the like the established people, the royals, the aristocrats. Yeah. Whereas the green party was the party of the people. Okay. Yeah. Well, so they so they were green. To begin with. Mm. Yeah. He tamed bears for the green, and her mother was a dancer and an actress. AKA for like, a prostitute. Yeah. For the um, <laughs> green party as well, like, because, you know, they would also, after the racing, have plays and strippers, and, you know, you could just, any man could walk in and be like, oh, I really liked that actress that was in that play, so I'll sleep with her tonight. Yeah, woohoo! You know? Um, Misogyny. Woo! <laughs> and so Theodora also had two sisters, and she was like the middle child. Yeah, they really didn't know much about her mom or... Yeah, they didn't even the, know her mom's name. The family was yeah. kind of gray area. Well, like, the... why would they? They weren't... Imp- they were some people... They were an actress and a bear tamer. Like, yeah, why, right? would, why would anybody know who they and are? And contrary to, like, most of our other queens, she had no education. I, mean, I get... So we don't... No, that she know. had no education, but I think it is fair to assume that she had no <laughs> yeah. education outside of like things, you know, the everyday running of the hippodrome, basically. So whenever she's young, her father dies, and what do you really think the odds are that he got eaten by a bear? I mean, that's, I put money on that he probably got eaten by a bear. And her mother like immediately finds a new husband because like, what else is she going to do? And I mean, she's like. She's a got prostitute. Kid. She's got kids. She has to take care of. She yeah. She needs a husband. So she finds this new husband and tries to get him a job as the new bear tamer for the greens. And the greens are like, "Nah, we don't know that guy. We're good." So then she takes her daughters to the green leaders and like begs for protection. Like, "Look, we've been loyal to you guys our whole lives. I've got these three young daughters. I need help." Can you help me? And the green gang just like laughed their asses yeah, off. Yeah, all the leaders were like, like, What the fuck? Like they threw stuff at them. They like were making fun of them, mocking them. So they're like, Hey, let's go over to the blues. Now. Yeah, Mama Bear <laughs> was like, Fine. Fuck the green. <laughs> we'll take our talents elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go over to the blues. Mama dresses them in like their finest clothes, which I'm sure really weren't that nice, but still. And like made wreaths out of flowers for them and brought them over to the blues, begged the leaders of that group for help. And they were and the blues were like, Yeah, you can join us. We'll look after you. We'll give your husband a job. Sure. And I think it was more just to spite the greens than anything yeah. else. They went with it and Theodora was a hardcore blue for the rest of her life after that, wouldn't you be? Yeah, I would too. I'd be yeah. like, Fuck you, greens. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, new dad becomes a bear tamer, and mom and daughter go to work as actresses in the theater. So, an actress did a little bit more than just yeah. <laughs> acting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they would perform in plays and stuff on stage, um, but they would do a little bit more risque, Yeah, you know, uh... You would get hired afterwards to get boned by yeah. some random audience member, and she was probably around like 
10 or 12 when this started. Which so, is, uh, hopefully she wasn't, I don't know. Like I'm Roy like, Moore would be I, really happy. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Nathan. I'm sorry. I don't think we have anybody listening to this show that votes for Roy Moore. <laughs> so I think we're okay. Uh, but I like to think that, like, maybe just those first couple of years that she was doing it, maybe she was, like, like master of props or something like <laughs> right. that, doing something backstage so she wasn't getting hooked out. But I, who knows? Oh. But she did become, like, insanely popular. Like She was willing to do anything on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She had no qualms with taking her clothes off. But she also had a strong wit and comedic ability. Like, they would put her in, like, the funny roles in the plays. Like, I even read somewhere that, like, sometimes she'd be hired for private parties, and it was, like, akin to her doing, like, stand-up at these parties. Like, Yeah, and she would have a posse wherever she went. Yeah. It was, like, she would draw these crowds, and people were like, oh, my God, she's really fucking funny. So she kind of got famous. Oh, oh, did, did we mention she's super fucking hot? Like... No, because she was a child. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. But no, she was gorgeous. So she was really well known for being super hot and funny. And yeah, she got famous and she started making her own money. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, during this time, she had two kids, a son and a daughter. We think. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. maybe, maybe, Possibly. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) John and Theodora. Oh, how... According to a couple of sources, yeah, she had a son named John and a daughter named Theodora at some point. No dates. (laughs) (laughs) That's all a little murky. But yeah. The the baby daddy isn't known. Yeah. um, Either. Yeah. I mean, there's theories, but yeah, who knows? I did read, and I didn't go too far down this rabbit hole because it sounds horrifying, (laughs) but that um, abortions were pretty common. For actresses back then, like at this time, and she more than likely had two or three abortions before she finally did have a child. I did find that interesting, and I wanted to learn more, but I did not want to learn details of what 6th century abortions were like. No, thank you. Um, So I put a pen in it and moved on. (laughs) And so she ends up having an affair with this dude named Hecabolus. And he's, like, really fucking rich. Well, he's a senator or a... Governor thingy. Something. North Africa. The Pentopolis. Pen- yeah, so he's um, he's just been appointed governor of Pentopolis. And so I'm kind of confused because... Pen- I'm not sure if Pentopolis is one city. Because Pentopolis in Latin actually means five cities. So I'm not sure if it was, like... So I'm not sure if the name of the city was Pentopolis or he was going to be the governor, governor of, of five cities, cities in Northern Africa. <laughs> but anyway, so he's like got this new appointment and he's like, Dora, I want you to come with me. Um, they couldn't get married because like there was a law against public officials marrying actresses, which is a very weird and specific law. <laughs> but um, he was like, I want you to come and, you know, be my main main chick. You're going to basically rule it along with me. Be my wife in name. Yeah, and so Pentopolis is a.k.a. modern Libya. Yeah. Ish. Part of, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Libya to Constantinople these days would be a 45-minute like plane ride, I think. You know, yeah. but back then, you know, it was a, a long trek. You know, <laughs> it took a while. You had to, like, go. I don't think they took ships. I think they went the roads all the way. So Jeez Louise. It took a while to get there. And then soon Hecabolus found that he didn't like her as much as he thought he did. They uh, fought, like, crazy. Now that also, they're not some people think, all the time. Some it's... people think <laughs> Hecabolus may have been the baby daddy to her daughter. Ah, that's but one again, possibility. Again, it's a little murky. Um, as in that it's completely murky and nobody has any idea. But yeah, fought like crazy. They finally get to Pentopolis and he's like, you have to get the fuck out of here. So she's making her way home. <laughs> so he kicks her out and she has to make her way home on her own. And I mean, she did have her own money. Yeah, Dora so wasn't p- penniless. She wasn't like broke. But it's still 
I don't think she had a posse. I think she was no. alone. Yeah. Like, and so that would have been scary for anybody, you know? And it's not like she could just call a cab. I would be so fucked. I'd be like, which way is west? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so she you... starts her journey, and then she makes a pit stop in Alexandria, Egypt, which was still hopping at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... It's the Again, it's a hub of, like, different nationalities, races, religions, cultures. Yeah. It's just, like, a big cultural hub of... It people. was, um, cause if you listen to our Cleopatra episode, we discussed how Alexandria was a major port and that hasn't changed. Another thing about Alexandria and Egypt is that they were a little more lax with their religious rules. So you also had people from all over the Middle East and Mediterranean coming there to not get murdered for their beliefs, you know? Yeah. So lots of people, really exciting place to stop. And this was like a turning point in her life was coming here, was seeing all the different cultures. And this is whenever she found Jesus. Jesus? (laughs) She becomes a Christian is what we're trying to say. Yeah, (laughs) Jesus. And our very Jesus, very Southern. (laughs) Southern draw, Jesus. She found Jesus, thank God. (laughs) And, And Christianity was like super split at this time. So you had, like, two different factions. Like, murdering each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, not just like, oh, I don't like you. Like, like, oh, you believe something slightly different than my own beliefs? Stoned to death. Yeah, so you had the monophysites who believed that Christ had one nature and one nature only, hence mm-hmm. the word mono. Um, orthodoxy, which we know of today, obviously. And they believe that God had two natures, man and divine. Which I feel like... I'm not a religious person, but just from hearing stories about Jesus, I feel like that makes more sense, right? Yeah, the, the like, man and the divine. Because he, I mean, he was a man. He got killed. If he was all divine, he And didn't. I think the mono, uh, monophysites are saying that he's he's still God, though. It's yeah. still like he's one not, God. Yeah, I don't know. It's still one. Either so, way, so, this was a see, we're fighting right now, huge fucking rift. <laughs> think, like, you know, Protestants and Catholics, Catholics type yeah. thing. It's the same religion, but slight different changes, and people are, like, straight up murdering each other over Yeah. <laughs> Not fun. Yeah. So, yeah. she So, she becomes... Is it monophysite or monophysite? Or mono- monophysite. She, she's a mono. Um, she becomes a mono. Goes about her life. And she's devoted to this religion for the rest of her life. On her way home... The two main places that she stops is Alexandria and Antioch. In Alexandria, she meets two religious figures, um, one named Timothy of Alexandria and one named Service of Antioch. These men, like, really shape who she becomes. Yeah, they were super religious figures at that time, And they just really took it. I think they just saw how bright she was and how smart she was. and They just took her under their wing. And they gave her an education. Like, this is probably when she learned to read, I think. Yeah, and it you was know? definitely a more spiritual education. Yeah, it was more based on... Like, I believe at least one of them was, like, a saint. Like, he was really? named a saint of the Eastern Orthodox Church. So, I mean... Is Theodora a saint? She might be. Yeah, I think she is. Actually. I know her husband is. Yeah, well, she, more, is. she Spoiler is. alert, she gets married. Yeah, so she makes friends with them. They give her an education. The Servius guy of Antioch... Every time I read that name, I think of Severus Snape, but it's, like, Severus. Wait, ser- Servus. Is that a Harry Potter thing? Yes, it is okay. a Harry Potter thing. Severus Snape. Katie, I'm so ashamed of you. You're so ashamed that I haven't seen some children's movies about magic? Because they're fucking awesome. Okay, let's not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that guy, like, teaches her how to debate, which I think will really come into play later whenever she's empress. And then in Antioch, she also becomes friends with this dancer named Macedonia. So Macedonia may have been a spy for the Emperor Justin and uh, his nephew, uh, Justinian. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so a lot of people speculate that this is when Justinian began to know about Theodora's that maybe she was also a spy with Macedonia. That's so much fun to think about. I know. I, I don't think there's any proof of that, but I like that theory, that she became, becomes a spy for the Byzantine Empire and while well, she's in Antioch. But there's no proof to that. Yeah. So she treks it on back to Constantinople, and she makes her way home and decides that she found Jesus, and she can't go back to her old ways anymore. She's done. Yeah, and you know what? She's probably made a lot of money, so she's just... Gonna buy a small house, 
retire from acting, and she starts her new life as a wool spinner. Oh, class. How boring would that be I after know. the life you've lived, you know? <laughs> so she meets just The long life she's lived. She's 20 at this point. <laughs> she's still very young. <laughs> so this is about the time that she meets Justinian. Somehow she meets him and we just... We don't know his, how. Maybe it was... The... Maybe it was some spying. <laughs> so I have read that he saw her... In a play. In a play. Yeah, I read that too. But I, I don't feel like that lines up because she had given that life up. And there's no mention of them knowing each other before she leaves. Before she goes to Northern Africa. Like there's no record of them meeting. So I don't believe... I don't think that lines up. I think it's more likely that... I don't know, maybe he wants to get some wool or some shit. And <laughs> saw this hot-ass chick. And was I like, think it's more likely that she was a spy. But whenever he met her, he just, like, felt fucking As head over heels. Hard, boom, damn. Head dumb. over heels. <laughs> I heard that song on the way over, oh so... <laughs> He... I mean, how could you not? She's super smart. She's super funny. She's fine as hell. She's religious and... She's religious. She's got her own money. Religious. She's successful. Like, yeah. Get with it. Um, A little bit about Justinian. He was the heir to the empire. Uh, Like Theodora, when he was born, no one was ever like, oh, this is our future king. Yeah. He was born to farmers, and everyone just assumed he would one day be a farmer. But his uncle... Justin was a bodyguard for Whitney Houston. For Whitney Houston, yeah, was who was the previous emperor. <laughs> <laughs> and I will always love you. Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't really Whitney Houston. That was a joke. <laughs> no, that was a joke. I think the previous emperor's name was Anastasius. Yes. Yes. That is fabulous. Yes. Justin had been Anastasius's bodyguard and like became so well trusted that Anastasius was like, I'm putting this guy as my heir. Justinian then, or Justin, I'm sorry, sent for his nephew, Justinian, and was like, I don't want you to be a farmer. I need you to come up here and be in my posse. Don't be a farmer. Come back no, over here. Don't be, a, don't be a farmer. Be the emperor. And... <laughs> And so Justinian was like, okay. Went to Constantinople, got this, like, like grade A education. Like, like math, languages, which wasn't commonplace. You know, law, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so whenever Justin becomes emperor, he makes his, he adopts Justinian. So now he's his nephew son. Is like, yeah, you're gonna, you're next in line after me. So that's pretty cool. Jay was super devout. So Jay is Justinian. Yeah, I just got tired of saying Justinian over and over. It's it's too much word. And <laughs> but anyway, like he was known to be really well educated, super devout, though he was of the orthodoxy religion, yeah. not the mono religion. And he wasn't the cutest guy in the world. I mean, he probably wasn't ugly. But yeah, he probably but he wasn't... wasn't known to be a looker. He didn't have any other mistresses. Any illegitimate children. Maybe he just loved his chick. Like, he just really wasn't one of the love them and leave them kind of guys. He wasn't, he didn't have hoes in different area codes or anything. (laughs) He was, I think, I think he was a good guy. You know? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So she becomes his mistress. Um, Yeah, he wanted to marry her right away. Like, let's do this now. And that's around like 522. Yeah, 522, I think. But like we mentioned, there was that law that statesmen couldn't marry actresses. Again, it's so specific. I wish I had (laughs) the time to just research that one particular law. I wonder if it has to do with them being like prostitutes. Probably, but like, it didn't say they can't marry prostitutes. It said they can't marry actresses. (laughs) Like, it's just weird to me. I want to know why. But anyway, they shack up. He asks his uncle, like... Please, let's repeal this dumb law. And I found this really interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Justin's empress, so um, Jay's mom, aunt. Aunt. Jay's thing. aunt. Mom, aunt. Um, her name was Euphemia, and she was a former slave who had been forced to be her con- her master's concubine. So you think that she would, like, take pity or, like, find some, like, common ground with Dora. But instead... Maybe I guess it gave her some kind of like PTSD or something. Yeah, she's like, just uh, having uh, her around. Nah, honey. She was like, "Nope, you are not marrying an actress. You're you're not bringing shame to this family like that, Mm-mm, honey." So Jay raised her status. He was like, "Fine, 
Um, I'm going to move her on up and make her a noble bitch. Yeah. (laughs) And so she got a title, and now everybody at court had to treat her with respect. She she was a noble. noble yeah, and now she's now. like moving into a new house. Like, moving on up. Moving on up. To the east side. To the palace. <laughs> Can you imagine being born into like the Hippodrome? Like basically growing up in a giant football stadium. Yeah, and your like, dad's this bear trainer. And you're like actress prostitute by age like 12. Did you Do you think she ever at any point thought, oh, I'm going to be living in the royal fucking palace? Yeah, and I'm going to be running the, all matters of the state. I'm yeah. going to be calling all the shots. Oh my God, this must have been so amazing. But and She was a hardcore blue supporter, so this is her wheelhouse too. So. Yeah, yeah, Jay was trying to get more blues on his side and appeal to the blues more. So this helped. Yeah, she's right on up his alley. But unfortunately, soon after, the Empress dies, which is... Yeah, Euphemia dies, but it's happy for them. Because Jay was like, hey, Uncle Father. Hey, Uncle Father. (laughs) Um, Can you change that law now? And Uncle Father was like, "Eh, sure. Sure, why not? Cool. We can do it. Yeah. (laughs) So in 525, about three years after they met, they officially got married. Yes. And he adopted her kids, or just the one kid. It there were there were some number of children or child, <laughs> and Jay adopted them. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make me shoot sangria out of my nose. <laughs> so she became empress. 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 Yes. Um, having a little too much to drink tonight. So uncle uncle father dies in five twenty. 527? Yeah, 527. And so Uncle Father dies 527, and so now Jay is emperor. Yeah, and and he actually names Theodore his, like, co-ruler. Yeah. Like, empress. Yeah. Like, this is a big fucking deal. It's, like, on August 2nd, 27th. It's um, a really big deal, because she was, she, like, all laws that were issued were signed in both of their names. Yeah, that's huge. Like, he trusted her and more. 527. Yeah. <laughs> AD. Like, we have a problem doing that right now. <laughs> yeah. Everything that passed had to go through her. Like, she was really the backbone of them, I think. Um, she was also put in charge of, like, all the entertainment. <laughs> entertainment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just going to sneak that one in. <laughs> nope, no. Nope. You said taint. You caught me. So she was put in charge of all the entertainment. <laughs> but no, so that was like, that was a normal thing for empresses to be in charge of. But Jay was so relieved because he sucked at that shit so bad. Sucked he sucked hard. hated throwing parties. So he was really happy that she came in and she was like, oh, no, no, this is all wrong. Let me... Let me plan this all. And he's like, oh, thank God. Thank God. And everyone would always comment how great the parties were, yeah. the food was, and how everything was just perfect. perfect. So a little about, like, <clears throat> the beginning of their reign. Um, yeah, like we had said, Western Rome was, like, <clears throat> done. Yeah. And, but both were determined to make the Roman Empire great again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hashtag Mr. Ega. they were especially pissed off like i mentioned earlier that they didn't occupy rome and it's like how can you be the roman empire without rome yeah you can't call it the roman empire if you don't have rome i think that's why so many people do call it the Byzantine empire i mean it makes sense (laughs) and besides they um besides just getting all these territories back they also wanted to it was their mission to build up the cities they already had hashtag mr ega Mr. Ega. <laughs> Make the Roman Empire great again. Mr. Ega. <laughs> Need that on a hat. <laughs> made uh, in China. <laughs> China. Made in the Ottoman Empire. But um, <laughs> I really do think that they were good rulers. And I think yeah. retrospective, retrospectively, retro... Respectively. Is that the right? Am I saying yeah, that right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I this wine it... is good. Um, <laughs> I think that history looks back at them and it's like, views them favorably as yeah, well. Yeah, having to like do all this stuff, it takes a lot of money to yeah. do this. So they mm-hmm. would have to raise taxes and they not only raise them on the poor middle class people, they raise them on the rich. They raise them on the rich as well. A little bit more on that later. Let's talk about all the awesome stuff she did. For the ladies! (laughs) For the ladies! So, obviously, actresses could now leave their professions under the new laws, which I guess actresses were not always just allowed to 
leave their playhouse. Yeah, were the directors the just like their pimps or something? Or? Yeah, I'm assuming that's how it was, which it probably sucked a lot for them at that time. <laughs> well, after this law was passed, 200 actresses did leave their jobs. Which, Double clap. Which, so 200 in the grand scheme of things isn't that many, but that's, I'm sure to those 200 women, it was huge. Like, cool, we can go do something else now. Parents could no longer sell their young girls into slavery or oh, prostitution. That's fabulous. So the human trafficking. The fact that this good. needed to be made a law meant that this was something that happened a lot, which made me so sad. But she did make rape punishable by death, which cool. Fucking yes. Cool. <laughs> Big thumbs up in agreement for that. Um, she made brothels illegal, and she even bought a lot of the women. Just because, like, so many of, like, the men that run the brothels were like, well, we're, we're, you're taking away our livelihood. So she, like, bought a bunch of the women to be like, here, here's some cash money to get you started on finding a new career. Wow. Yeah. She helped widows by making it a law that they got their dowry back if their husband died before them, which is, like, well, that, super unheard that's of. That's huge because, so if these women had died, or if these women were left widowed and they didn't have any children to take care of them, that would mean that, like... If their, own, if their own family wouldn't take them back, which happened often, mm-hmm. the husband's family was at no, there was no responsibility for them to take care of them. They'd just be living on the streets. So this was huge. That it was like, it was like a safety net to help these women. Yeah, they got property. They got yeah. money. They got their, like, that's huge. You could no longer stone your wife to death for, <laughs> for adultery. <laughs> well, that's great. Pretty cool. <laughs> Doesn't that still, like, isn't, can't you still do that in some countries? Um, like 90, Saudi Arabia or yeah, some shit 95% like that? sure you're right on that. Ugh. Yeah, horrible. She made it a lot harder for husbands to put their wives aside. And it said that, on a whole, the husband treated their wives better during her life because a wife could easily call on Dora to be like, hey, hey, bitch. (laughs) So some say she was a little overzealous with this one law um, because she was always backing the women. Like, even if it did turn out the woman was the guilty part, like an absolute nightmare to live with or, you know, she was still always backing the women. But you know what? Fuck it. Men in history before then and after then even now have always been backing <laughs> other men for no reason besides that they're other men so fuck it all <laughs> right whatever <laughs> and she did make some enemies along the way mm-hmm. um namely jay's tax guy uh named john um, the cappadocian Cap- i'm just gonna call him john the capricorn if that's okay <laughs> with you i don't like that word cappadocian um, Cappa- Cappadocian. Cappadocian? Cappadocian. Capricorn. I've heard it's pronounced both ways, but it's Capricorn. Yeah, it's, it's so he's pronounced. John the Capricorn. And that was Justinian's tax man, and he was a very good at his Which job. means he was kind of a piece of shit person. Oh, no, he was a horrible person. Um, history does not look back on him with a smiling face He's like the all. IRS. Yeah, but, like, much worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. He was very talented, at somehow getting every penny he could out of peasants, merchants, noblemen, whoever he needed to get it get it from. And, you know, they're building an empire. They're building all these buildings and trying to take land back. So Justinian was all about it, and he would just kind of turn a blind eye. I didn't see anything. Because it was pretty common for the Capricorn to, like, torture people. Yeah, this, this reminds me of, like, our Boudicca episode where they had, like, a tax person. Yeah. That that happens a lot in the yeah. Roman. Like, the tax collectors were bad dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we can put them all into one category. They, I don't think all taxmen uh, murdered bad. you for, yeah. or uh, tortured you for your taxes, but I don't think it was, it, it, it was so commonplace that Justinian could turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. 
but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Just one historian documented um, when John the Capricorn would visit a new place. He left no vessel in a house, nor a wife, a virgin, or a youth unviolated. So, yeah, Dora wasn't uh, the only one that didn't like this guy that much. Yeah, <laughs> but he got the job done. Maybe too well. <laughs> she wasn't alone in hating him, and he was like one of the most hated men in the empire. Yeah. So, meanwhile, back in Constantinople. Do you remember that song? <laughs> Can't go back to Constantinople. Yeah. Back. Istanbul <laughs> is Constantinople. Forever. Istanbul. Who sang that? Was it um, They Might Be Giants? I think you're right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so a lot of people are starting to get a little antsy about these taxes. And so you remember the blues and the greens? I do because I went down a huge rabbit hole in that. Well, they are still these huge political mm-hmm. parties. Mm-hmm. Um, and in early January 532, there was a small little disturbance that broke out and it caused some uh Greens and blues to start fighting. Think like soccer hooligans. Yeah, like, like beating each other up after the fighting game. in the streets and stuff like that. And Jay needed to like make an example of these. these oh, hooligans. I think in this like disturbance with the greens and the blues, I think like maybe a policeman got killed or something. Like some, uh, there was some kind of casualty. And yeah, Jay was like, "I can't just let this shit happen. I need to show them that there's consequences." Yeah. Six dudes were meant to be hung. I read seven. Seven? But I, I've read both. A number of dudes <laughs> were meant to be hung. Hanged? Hung? Hunged? Hung hanged? like a horse baby. Is it? But what is it actually, you gross pervert? Is it, <laughs> is it hanged or hung? hung? I know it's a hanged man. Hanged. It's a hanged man. Please tell us in our, in our one, in the one-star review you're going to leave us after this. But I like my men hung. Oh. <laughs> you're disgusting. Um, so, and oh so right. Anyway, they are going to be murdered by ropes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> murdered by ropes. <laughs> I think it's hanged. Anyway, so they're going to be hanged and... They're going to be roped. <laughs> they're going to be rope suffocated by dropping down. <laughs> And the bulk of the men, you know, the execution worked. But two of the men, it was a botched execution. I guess, like, the ropes broke. That's very common. The scaffolding broke. Something happened, and these two men didn't die. One was a green, one was a blue. One was a green, one was a blue. The guards, like, go to, like, apprehend them. And the crowd fucking goes nuts like no you can't do this and they um the crowd like sweeps them away into a boat to sanctuary in this church across a river sanctuary sanctuary i think we discussed sanctuary a little bit in the elizabeth woodville episode it was basically like you know when you were a little kid and you played tag and you had home base and when you were at home base nobody could touch you yep if you went to a church and said i declare sanctuary nobody could touch you so two days after this there was a chariot race, and Jay went to his little fancy fucking seats to watch it. There was a tunnel from the palace to the Hippodrome that brought him straight to, like, his box seats. Um, so he goes up there, and people are yelling and screaming and, leading, and like, um, just pleading him. Like, everybody in the Hippodrome, so probably, like, 100,000 people just, like, begging for these men's lives. Hey, at least the Greens and the Blues are agreeing on something They agree once. on not killing people. Yes. Yay! And Jay's just ignoring them. He's thinking, oh, this is gonna blow over. This is no big deal. And so they start g- gathering up and saying, long live the Greens, long live the Blues. Yeah, and so he's like, well, maybe that's something a little bit to be worried about because it's kind of mob mentality now, but he's still... It's like, I'm just going to ignore them and it'll go away. And then they started shouting Nika, Nika. So Nika 
And these are called the Nika riots, what we're about to discuss. Um, I read Nika meant win or it's, it, conquer. Win or uh, to conquer over, to um, be victorious. In this context, what it meant when the crowd was yelling it at him was like, we are going to conquer you. And that made him ver nervous. Ver nervous. Ver nervous. <laughs> so. <laughs> ver nervous. I don't know why that tickled me so much. I'm tickled pink. But yeah. So Justin was like, uh, Justin was like, this shit is too real. I'm getting out of here. So he went down his little magic tunnel back to the palace. And guess what? Shit got real real. Shit got real real. <laughs> These citizens are like burning the town up. They're just walking around being like, hey, I set fire <laughs> to this building. <laughs> they were like going into prisons, killing the guards and letting the prisoners out. Um, which, which, okay. But I don't know if I'd want like all the murderers yeah, to be let out of prison. <laughs> So they obviously start looting. Uh, they're, they're looting. They make the Hippodrome their headquarters because you can fit so many people in there. An army, literally. And, yeah. And after three days, because just Jay's just like, this is going to die down. This is going to die, die, die down. And after three days, it hasn't died down. He's like, well, I guess I should probably say something, which kind of reminds me of our current president. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything about the Nazis for however many days, but uh, I got political. Um, and so, so now he's like, I I think I'm going to try to make a peace offering. Yeah. I'm going to fire John Capricorn. And the crowd goes, too little, too fucking late, bro. Boo. Boo. The rioters already appointed their own emperor. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're going to make our own emperor. So the previous guy, Anastasius, had a living relative, Hypatius, I think is how you say that. Yeah. Poor baby hippo. Oh. Baby hippo. Poor baby hippo, because he didn't want it. He was old. And, like, when the when the crowds came to get him, like, his wife tried to, like, bar their door closed. Damn. And she was like, no, don't take him. And he didn't want to be... He didn't want any part of it either. He was like, oh, I don't see how this could possibly end well. <laughs> but they took him anyway, and they were like, this is who we want as emperor. And they were looting and just being like, Jay's got to go. You got to get out of here. So, yeah, and they're like, uh, got to go now. <laughs> yeah, Jay and his crew were like, cool. We, let's let's head out to exile. I mean, that's what you did. That's what you did. <laughs> if you were ever in distress, you would just go exile yourself. And you know what Dora said? Hell nah. Mm-mm. <laughs> The story goes that while everyone was loading up their boats, Theodora comes in, sees what's going on, and steps up and is like, I gotta say something. And that was just not the done thing. Even though she was a really powerful and influential woman at the time. We're talking about 6th century. Yeah, we're still talking about the 6th century. You didn't step out in front of a room of men and say, listen to me now. But that's exactly what happens. And so now, Queen's Podcast Theater (laughs) presents... Theodora's speech. My lords, the present occasion is too serious to allow me to follow the convention that a woman should not speak in men's council. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I can't not say something right now. In my opinion, flight is not the right course, even if it should bring us to safety. Look, I get, I, I, I get it. Getting out there, like, getting away from here, it seems like a good idea, but it's not. For one who has reigned, it is intolerable to be a fugitive. May I never be deprived of this purple rope. And may I never see the day when those who meet me do not call me Empress. So fleeing may sound like a good idea now, but how are you going to live your life? I've been at the bottom. I ain't going back. How are you going to go from ruler of an empire to a fugitive? Uh Uh-uh, not me. Mm Mm-mm. If you wish to save yourself, my lord, there is no difficulty. We are rich. Over there is the sea. And there are the ships. Look, if you really want to go, I can't stop you. Yet reflect for a moment whether when you have once escaped to a place of security, you would not gladly exchange such safety for death. Think about how you're going to feel living in exile the rest of your life. You are going to be so depressed and wish you would have stood up for yourself. As for me... I agree with the old saying that the royal purple is the noblest shroud. Mic drop. Mic drop. All the mics in the world drop. Epic. (laughs) So only royals could wear purple, and a shroud is like what you wear in your casket or whatever. So basically what she's saying is, I would rather die the empress than live in exile and shame. Fuck yes. (laughs) 
Fuck yes. So Justinian's like, you know what? You're right. This is my fucking empire. And she was like, yes, Emperor. This is your fucking empire, honey. Slay, sweet baby Jay. Slay. So he did. <laughs> and he sent his forces into the Hippodrome. And like, long story short, he murdered everyone. Erwan and the Hippodrome get murdered. Erwan and the Hippodrome get murdered. <laughs> like, seriously? His forces went in there and killed 30,000 people. 30,000 fucking people. In one day. Boom. In one day. That's, that's like that's like the population of London. At the, at time. the time. Yeah. At the time. Not, not now, yeah. obviously. Um, we won't go into the details because it's fucking brutal, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. Remember Baby Hippo? Um, um, yeah. He was executed at uh, Doris's insistence. Yeah. Jay wanted to spare his life and Doris said, mm-mm. No, so he was executed and dumped in the river. Oh. You know, like you do. Um, Poor baby hippo. <laughs> yeah. And Jay, like, was already so in love with Dora, but this was, after that, it just went to a whole different level. I mean, he saved the she, crown for him. Yeah, he she... saved the empire. She, yeah. <laughs> and... So they're back in power, obviously. Yeah, they're back and better than ever, because now they're not taking any shit, and they're not... They're not really trusting anybody either, you know? So, <clears throat> the back in power again. So, guess who Jay reappoints? Um, yeah. Fucking Capricorn. John Capricorn. Yeah. Which Theodore's just like, whatever. She's just going to roll with it for now until he fucks up, which he will, but we'll get to that later. This is when they really started to build Constantinople up into, like, the wonder it became. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because the rioters had ruined everything. And so now they didn't feel like they had no remorse in taking extra ridiculous taxes from them. Because they're like, oh, you don't want to pay your taxes? Mm, well, I didn't want you to start a riot. So pay up, bitches. <laughs> and in 537, they commissioned the first c- Christian cathedral in the empire, the Hagia Sophia? Hagia, Hagia Sophia? Hagia Sophia. H A G I A. The Sophia, Sophia Vagaris <laughs> Temple. <laughs> this Sophia Vagaris Temple was a big I, fucking deal. It was a big fucking deal, and it was known as one of the architectural wonders of the world of this time period. And like, I went and looked at pictures of it, and I mean, it's it is very impressive. But when you think like the sixth century, how did they even have the technology? Like, mm-hmm. to build this thing. I'd really like to see it in person. I really would. It looked really impressive. But it was a big deal because it kind of, like, came the focal point of the Eastern Roman Empire's Christianity. That was, like, it was almost like the Vatican. Yeah. Like, it was the place to go to pray. I don't know. <laughs> so Dora starts building up her posse, mm-hmm. um, a.k.a. her crew. Mm-hmm. And I think she starts thinking that you know, maybe Jay's a little too soft and too too nice and trusting of these people. So. They were kind of like good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I so think. she she was definitely the bad cop. And she had a network of spies. Yes. <laughs> yes. And to say her trusted people have been damaged was a little bit of an understatement, especially after these fucking riots. There was this eunuch named Narcissus that she, she like took him in and he became like her protege and she educated him and he eventually became a general, but he was kind of like the leader of her spy corps, which wow. makes me think of like Varys, Varys, yeah, whatever Varys, his name is from uh, Game of Thrones, the eunuch on that one. Which and obviously I'm sure it's pulled a little bit from that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> her other bestie was this woman named Antonia, and Antonia was the wife of one of Jay's head uh, military generals. She was described as Dora's right arm. Yeah. Not her left. Her, her right. right arm. Like, how <laughs> tight must they have been? Yeah. If, like, oh, that's her right arm. So she starts running her own court, and she starts hearing cases and um, seeing generals and nobles and just people would have to come to her to get permission it for stuff. It is such a bitch to come in and see her, too. Oh, my God. She's got a list she was, a mile long. She was so petty. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she's got, like, this severe distrust of everybody besides her and her crew now. And one historian wrote, <clears throat> Not even the government officials could approach the empress without expending much time and effort. They were treated like servants and kept waiting in small, stuffy rooms for an endless time. After many days, some of them might at last be summoned. But going into her presence in great fear, they were very quickly departed. 
They simply showed their respect by laying their face down and touching the instep of her feet with their lips. There was no opportunity to speak or to make any request unless she told them to. The government officials had sunk into slavish conditions, and she was their slave instructor. Fuck! So basically, basically she would make these officials wait days to see her, and then she would finally summon them. They would come in and kiss her feet, and then she would sit there to decide, am I going to let him speak? And so after a while, she might say, okay, what did you come for? Or she just might not, and eventually you would leave. <laughs> oh, how sweet. I love it. <laughs> uh, right. And it was also said that she would, like, travel across the empire with, like, 2,000 state officials and their families. And just to be like, hey, I'm going to hold court here. Yeah, well, it was kind of like kings and queens always do that, you know, just, like, go on progress to see, like, everywhere that they're running or whatever. So it was like that, but she just brought way more people than was necessary (laughs) and it was just to show people throughout the empire like oh yeah no i got these senators back here these very powerful men watch them come kiss my feet you know just to show just a display of power it is a display yeah it's like the peacock showing its feathers and being like look at me yeah i'm big and powerful or or a tiger showing its fangs, more like Ooh yeah. I got an analogy. Yeah, look at me. I'm big and powerful. Now come kiss my feet. Bitch. <laughs> okay, so let's talk religion. Cause I think this is pretty cool. Remember she was of the mono religion and Jay was of the Orthodox religion. Mono meant God had one spirit or whatever and he was just divine. And the orthodoxy believed that he was... Man and divine. Yeah. He was a mixture of both. He was he was a little mutt. He was a little... Jesus was a Jesus mutt. Jesus was a little mutt. <laughs> um, oh, if any religious people are listening to this, we just lost some followers. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so they were different factions. And because of her, he was more lenient on people of the monophysite religion. One of the guys she made friends with, Service, not Severus, <laughs> Service of Antioch was escaping religious persecution and she gave him money. She just, hey, go over into Egypt. Yeah. I'm going to settle there now. She hid one uh, monophysite guy, like, in her palace for, like, 12 years that was, like, uh, running from the law or whatever. Could you imagine keeping that secret for, for 12, 12 fucking years? years. Like, oh, I've just been hiding this dude in I my wonder if castle. she, like, gave him, like, a wig and he had to, like, wear dresses. And, like, this is my lady-in-waiting. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> she would, like, undermine Jay a little bit. There's this one story that I thought was pretty funny about um, there were, like, some refugees in one country in the empire. And Jay was going to send some orthodoxy um, missionaries there to, like, convert them. And so she found out that he was doing that. So she told the general that was in charge of putting together that missionary, like, hold that up until I can send my missionaries first. And that and that general was more afraid of her wrath than Jay's wrath because Jay was more likely to be like, oh, you had other more pressing things? Okay, that's fine. And so he held off sending his missionaries until Dora could get her own shit together. And so her missionaries got there first. (laughs) There's a theory, though, that they actually saw eye to eye on religion. And they just played up being different factions just to show the empire that, look. You can cooperate. You can cooperate. You can get along. This The couple's doing it. Even if you're a Democrat, you can marry a Republican. Like, I don't know if that's... Like, I only read that one place. I don't know that historians really think that's real. But if it is, I mean, it's clever. It's a good idea. Yeah. So then in the 6th century, there is this terrible, terrible plague. Like, Black Death Plague. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Bad to the bone. It was bad to the bone because your skin fell off. But it was it was called the Justinian Plague. Which, uh, I mean, that's, uh, that, that sucks. sucks. <laughs> Having, like, a plague named after you. But it's because it was, like, during his time period. Yeah. He was at war. Jay was at war with Persia for control of that land when the plague broke out. And, OMG, so many people died. Yeah, like, fuck tons. Like, 
13% of the world's population died. 13% of the world's population. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jay and Dora opened up hospitals everywhere that they could, but it didn't do any good. So then they opened up funeral homes everywhere that they could. Because <laughs> everybody's dead. I mean, I saw, I watched this one short documentary on YouTube about it, and it said that, like, walking down the street, you could not see, you always saw somebody carrying a dead body. Oh, my God. Because some so many people were dying like every day but the funeral homes couldn't handle the intake they were running out of land to bury people so they started doing mass graves running out of land for mass graves they were just like dumping dead bodies in the ocean but then those dead bodies were like floating back up to and making people sick oh my god also the suicide um rate at this time also went up because people were just grief-stricken or left desolate you know because everybody in their family had died it was it was not <laughs> surprise surprise the plague wasn't a good thing yeah and and you know diseases don't discriminate either and yeah. uh the emperor got it yeah the emperor got it um so there were several ways that the the plague could get you and it's gonna get you it's gonna get rhythm is gonna get you <laughs> the plague is gonna get you and um <laughs> One of the ways it would get you is that you would go into a catatonic state. And that's how it affected Jay. He went into a catatonic state for a few weeks. And, of course, Dora's, like, fucking distraught over this. Because, like, you're going to lose your husband is going through her head. But as soon as he goes into that catatonic state, there are other wannabe emperors creeping in. Because they don't, he doesn't. They don't have any kids. They've never had any yeah. kids together. Even though there is a theory he's actually the baby daddy of one of her kids that he adopted that like out of wedlock, but whatever. Um, they don't have an heir. <laughs> there's wannabe emperors creeping up. And then there's other of the territories they've been warring with creeping up. Um, so she's holding off all these fucking invasions. Yeah. All these bros trying to come and take she's her shit. squashing uprisings. She was having people executed like left and right because if there was even like a whisper of this guy wants to take your throne we'll just cut off his head we don't have time to do a trial we don't have time to do an investigation just cut off his head and then afterwards she'd go out and make all these speeches of encouragement like congrats guys yeah Yay, you're start. doing so good i just cut some dude's head off like <laughs> she was a figurehead to the empire of like look we're gonna get through this and just trying to cheer people up in this extremely bleak time. But Jay wakes up. Like not a lot of people did. No, I don't think the survival rate of the plague in the 6th century was very high. So that's that's impressive. And a lot of people saw it as a sign from God. Like you know this what? is divine. I would. I kind of see it as a sign from God right now and I'm borderline atheist. You know? <laughs> like, people didn't generally survive the plague. So And Dora was like obviously relieved from this. Oh, geez. She's like, thank God my yeah. husband's back. But, I mean, I do think that this episode showed that she had great strength, um, could really handle power, and it, she like saved the crown again the second time. Second time, people, <laughs> and I think that's when people were like, "Oh, we better not ever fuck with this bitch." Don't fuck with her. Somebody who didn't quite get that memo was this John, the Capricorn guy. Remember, or John the Capricorn. He. This is some drama, y'all. Get ready drama. for it. So remember, he's the he's the tax guy. Douchebag tax guy. What, and he was always skimming a little bit off the top of the taxes. As you do whenever you're a douchebag. And he um, was power hungry. So he goes to a fortune teller who tells him, you will inherit the mantle of Augustus. And at this time, Augustus is like, just another word for emperor. So he thinks that means, oh, I'm meant to be the next emperor. He quietly starts his own political party. He's like, low-key, like, under-the-table bribing people to join his party. Yeah, and he would, like, tax the people that supported him less than everybody else. He's not stupid. He knows Theodora is, like, the real power. Not that Jay wasn't powerful and revered and everything, but to get to Jay, you were going to have to go through Dora. And he thinks thinks that this... This is a great idea that he's going to spread some nasty rumors about her. And that they were just going to get back to Jay and he'd be like, oh, let me put her aside now. But have you seen her? She saved fucking Byzantine Empire twice. He is so fucking (laughs) in love with her. 
No. Ain't gonna happen. Absolutely not gonna happen. And remember, she's already started to build her network of spies. I don't think she would have gotten through Jay having the plague without her network of spies telling her this guy over here is saying this, this guy over here is saying this. So it gets back to her real quick that he's, what he's scheming. And she's like, fuck with my man, fuck with my crown. Shit is about to get real, John. So he could, she couldn't like just have him straight up assassinated. He was still one of Sweet Jay's favorites. So she tried like dropping some hints to Justinian. Like, oh, honey, you know what I heard today? I heard that John the Capricorn raped some girl, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, no. Nasty rumors. Nasty rumors. No way. Fake news. Fake news. So she's like, fine, you know, I'm just going to have to do this my way. Remember her right arm lady, Antonia? Not her left arm. Her right arm, Antonia. So she was, Antonia was married to a very, very powerful general. So John the Capricorn goes on one of his, like, tax collecting excursions. I mean, he's got to go all over the empire, which is lots of countries and everything. Yeah. And Antonia goes and visits his youngest, or young daughter, um... Euphemia, which was the name yeah, of the other empress. The other empress. So, Euphemia, the sequel. She was very sheltered. Very naive. And she was, like, so eager to make friends with Antonia, who was, like, coming over... And telling her stories of, like, gossip at court and about the men there and the what the women were wearing. So this little girl, I think she was a teenager, was just like, oh, my God, yes, like, please be my friend. And so then Antonia, after, like, visiting her for a couple of weeks, is, like, just kind of, like, offhand, is like, you know, me and my husband don't even want Jay and Dora to be in power anymore. We are so sick of them. We are looking for someone else. So Euphemia is like, oh my god, my dad wants to be the emperor. She's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I know her. My, my dad wants to do it. My dad wants to do it. Because she's thinking they're tight. So John Cap gets home and like his daughter's like, oh my god, I got news for you. We got his hug. Poor guy is so power hungry that he didn't see this is obviously a trap. Right. <laughs> oh my god, this is obvious. But he's just like, oh. Oh, I want to be emperor. Yes, honey. So part B of this plan is John sent Antonio a letter being like, OMG, I want to be emperor. Let's talk. (laughs) And uh, her response is like, are you fucking stupid? You can't, we can't meet here in Constantinople. Like Dora will definitely find out. So she was like, if you're serious, go meet my husband at his estate in Syria. Dora goes to Jay with the letter that John the Capricorn had sent. Like, look, bitch, he said this. This is what he said. And Jay was heartbroken. He was, he really thought, I think he knew that John wasn't necessarily like the most trustworthy guy. Yeah. But I don't think he. He thought he was loyal to him. So, poor baby Jay. And reluctantly, he ends up sending Narciss the eunuch and some troops to Syria Mm -hmm. to capture Mr. Capricorn. And when he told him, he was like, capture them, capture him, and if he resists, kill him. You know? He's like, I can't. He may be soft-hearted, but he's not stupid. You know? So he's like, capture him, and if he resists, kill him. Long Long story. story. Long (laughs) story short, he was arrested. And that was the end of his career. So don't fuck with Theodora. Moral of the story. And no one did for the rest of her life, really, after this. So fun side note, condensed version of what happened to John the Capricorn. Let's let's try to I think this is so cool. So He was imprisoned and then exiled and had all of his money taken away. He was forced into becoming a priest to avoid being able to put, you know, any claim on the throne. Yeah, it's like holy men couldn't it's be. Like, it's like what we did with the women. They would send women to nunneries. Yeah, kind of like that. You know. And so legend goes that when he was taking his oath to become a priest, he was too poor to afford any proper priest robes. So a fellow priest let him have one of his robes. And that priest's name was Augustus. So he inherited the mantle of Augustus. The fucking fortune teller was what? right. She's a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> Turned me into a newt. <laughs> a newt. I got better. Um, so, oh, sadly, Empress Theodora died on June 28th, uh, 548, most likely of breast cancer. So she was somewhere around 48 to like 51 years old. And Justinian was distraught. He openly weeped and just like sobbed at her funeral. And I don't think 
that was expected of an emperor. They were expected, you know, stiff Keep up it together. Yeah. And... Show the drew a man. But he was like, Ooh! he was just like a mess. And um, I mean, she had saved his rule not once, but twice. Like, yeah, that we saved, know of. Yeah, that we know that of. That we know of. There, <laughs> we don't, there were things we probably don't know that she did. He never remarried. He never had any mistresses. She was buried at one of the many, many, many illustrious churches that they had commissioned during their time as co-rulers. Yeah, and her legacy, first of all, she was the woman in the Eastern Roman Empire continued to have way more rights than any in Europe and other places for the remainder of the year. Yeah, we kind of glossed over a lot, but Justinian was responsible for reclaiming a lot of territory for the empire, and Dora was his backbone. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think he would have been the force he was without her. They regained Rome and held it. For a long time, you know? <laughs> they didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> For a long time. After her death, Jay decided enough of this divide with the Christian religions, and he really did work really hard to, like, make peace for the religions. All in all, their rule was considered very successful. I mean, if you look it up, you look up Justinian, and it's, it's like Theodora, yeah, best no. rulers ever. Yeah, because you look up a lot of kings, and maybe there will be like a side note about their queen. Yeah. Not that this Not is, this one. Like, most of the time, if you see an article about Justinian, it's like Justinian and Theodora. Yeah. Um. So she is amazing. I am obsessed with her. <laughs> <laughs> now, after doing this, you know, like the... If you could have dinner with five people from history or whatever, she would definitely be one of mine. I would just, I just want to know, like, so many things about her that history has been lost in history. So, cheers to the Empress. Cheers. So, thanks for listening, guys. If there's somebody you want to hear, hit us up. We've been getting a lot of requests lately, and believe me, everybody, if your request isn't on the list, they are going on the list. We're gonna, we're gonna get them all. This is going to be our last episode for 2017, I believe. Yeah. But keep the requests coming. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, uh, queens underscore podcast. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Anywhere. Where, where, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, follow us on iTunes. On iTunes, it's Queen Podcast. All one word. Queens Podcast. All smushed together. And while you're there, leave us a review if you have time. And follow us on Facebook. Queen's Podcast. Our intro music is by Case Sparks featuring Beyond Belief. Thanks for letting us use your song. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.